welcome to Let's Talk Records, where albums are exchanged to be dismantled, compared, and studied. We are your hosts, Emily and Jen, and welcome to today's Christmas special, where we're talking about Judy Garland's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, the almost cover of Little Drummer Boy, and All I Want for Christmas is You by none other than Mariah Carey. We are joined by a special guest today, our friend Ashley Sousa, known for her annual holiday project, hashtag 25 days of Christmas outfit of the day on Instagram, where she spreads Christmas cheer December 1st through December 25th with her daily Christmas outfits. We're so excited to help her touch on the excitement of Christmas music. Yeah, thank you both so much for having me. I am so excited to be here and I could talk about Christmas music forever. So great, so <laughs> could we. <laughs> so we picked some grit stuff this week. Yes. We all went away and we came back with one song for each other. That was the rules. Yes. Which was so hard. Did anybody have a runner up? I mean, I had about a thousand. I listened to, I started listening to Christmas music this year in September. And while it's not like 24 seven until December, I do listen to it, you know, for a good few hours, three or four times a week. It's, it's always on rotation, but my pick of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. I feel like it's just, it's, you know, one of the iconic Christmas songs of our times. And I feel like I don't think I could talk about Christmas music without talking about that song. So that it was kind of the natural pick for me. That makes sense. I'm Did excited you have to talk about it. Um, it was hard for me to choose because I do also really enjoy Christmas music, but I was thinking of choosing a song off of the Charlie Brown Christmas album. But then I was like, there's no lyrics and it's kind of hard to talk about without having anything substantial there and just having it be instrumental but that album is for sure one of my favorites that I that I love going to every Christmas oh I love that yeah what about you I have a whole playlist of pop punk Christmas songs of course I had a hard time (laughs) (laughs) there's some really good covers I love a Christmas cover which a lot of Christmas songs are Christmas covers anyway yeah um but I love seeing what the alternative scene does in terms of their own spin on some of the Christmas uh, classics that we know of. Well, I'm excited to hear why you specifically chose this one. So that'll be Mm -hmm. good. I think before we start, it would be great if Ashley gave a little background into her past projects and what she's done. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Ashley? Yeah, of course. So I, this is actually my sixth year of doing my 25 days of Christmas outfit of the day. Um, I started off, you know, six years ago, I just realized I had a lot of red and green and Christmassy things in my closet naturally. And I figured, you know, why not? This would be fun. It's pretty much always been my favorite holiday. It's always been my favorite time of year. And I thought if I can just dress up every single day, why not? Um, So the first year I was really just kind of making it up as I went along. Um, I was just kind of putting outfits together that morning. A lot of my pictures that I were posting as like the official photo were mirror selfies that I had taken in my room. Um, And I had met Jen, had been friends with Jen for a little bit when this had started. And then by the next year, I was like, well, obviously I want to do this again. And uh, 
you know, the couple years after that, she, Jen was usually around because we were working together um, with each other at the time. And so she would be taking my pictures and making them turn out a lot better than they would be if I was taking them. Um, and then after a while, I just kind of asked, you know, do you want to be a little bit more of a formal part of this project? Do you want to help me with some of the planning and, you know, with some of like picture editing things that I have no idea how to do. Um, and a lot of the artistic portions of that. So Jen, said yes and has been working with me ever since and I mean she's done some amazing stuff in general you know I mean this podcast all of her art stuff I mean her, her cryptids for Halloween October this year I'm still obsessed with um but she's brought I think a real professional eye to this project for me because otherwise it's just me you know wearing funny clothes and making people smile on the train so I am very appreciative <laughs> to have have that angle going for me I love it Thank you. I thought it was important for people to understand really the depth of which you go every year oh, yeah. with your love for Christmas. It's, I just, I love it. It's, I, I just, I'm not even honest. I'm not religious. I, you know, I, I'm not really approaching this from a super religious angle at all. I have obviously some family and friends that are, but for me, it's just, it's such a happy and fun time. You know, everything, there's twinkling lights everywhere and everything kind of smells like peppermint and people are giving to each other. And, you know, even though it's the end of the year, even though in a lot of places it's colder, I think it, it's, it's a time that really brings people together. And obviously it's a little bit more of a difficult year for people to be brought together, which is why I think this project was even more important for me to do this year, because, you know, a lot of people aren't being able to go home and see their loved ones. And a lot of people are kind of having to adapt some of their Christmas traditions. And so I thought by talking about a lot of the Christmas traditions I have, obviously including Christmas music, um, that would be a really good way to just kind of get people feeling the spirit in a way that, you know, maybe they wouldn't be otherwise this year due to the circumstances. Yeah. That makes total sense. I think that's my favorite part about this project is the fact that you make Christmas so accessible and you kind of give people these like small daily joys. Like we've been around the city so many times when you're dressed as God knows what, um, <laughs> including a human sized wreath around you, Buddy the Elf, um, you know, just like everything crazy that you've done. And I see the way that people like look and they smile. They think it's charming and it is like, it's, it's funny. You know, you're on the MBTA and you're just having like a normal commute to work and you're like, who is this girl just in a read? <laughs> so people, people like it. And I think it just, it spreads the joy to the people that you're around. And I think this year it was a challenge, but we were able to do things like this instead, where we're kind of reaching everyone in the virtual platform and um, it just transcends. So I think, I think that's the, that's the charming part about it is you really extend the hand for Christmas. I hope so. I want everyone to feel as jolly and cheerful as I do. <laughs> I feel like it'll be hard for them not to when they see your face and listen to your exuberance about Christmas. Thank you. Oh, all right. We should get started. Ah, so who, what did everyone start with? I'm curious. Um, I started with mine and then I did Mariah and then I did the almost. Okay. I, I started with yours too, Emily. And then Jen, I went to the almost and then I listened again to all I want for Christmas is you. I mean, that <laughs> is kind of just a part of my regular daily rotation, yeah. but um, I, I kind of sat down and really like 
really listened to it in a way that I don't. A lot of the times, you know, I've worked in retail a lot. So obviously if you work in retail, you hear all I want for Christmas is you like twice an hour for the entire month. Um, but I think it was interesting to kind of actually sit down and just like only be with a song in a way that a lot of the times it's just kind of background noise. Um, and that was one of the things I liked about listening to both of your songs. They were actually both songs that I had heard before, Jen, I've heard yours with you. And then Emily, I'd heard the Judy Garland version a lot as well. But I think sitting back and listening to them on their own, obviously, it, it gives you such a different perspective on the songs versus just something that you hear while you're walking through a store. That's and the awesome. video, yeah. it was interesting to take time and sit down and like watch these videos mm -hmm. and watch the visual representation of like how these artists decided to put them through. Um, and for Judy Garland's sake, to see that that little look into Meet Me in St. Louis, which I've actually never seen that movie before. Have you guys? No, I've never seen it either. And I'll get into like how I found this song or recognized it in a different way. And it has, I'll, I'll get into that. But yeah, I've never seen the movie itself. Okay. But Ashley, I'm so, it's really cool to hear what your takeaway from just listening to that one song is because a lot of what Jen and I have been talking about lately is how, how we're gaining a totally different perspective of music now that we're really diving into things in a way that we never have before. So I'm so glad that you also had that takeaway and just this first experience of Absolutely. diving into a piece of music. Mm -hmm. So that's Thank really you cool. For the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what do we think? Let's go chronological. So we'll do Judy first. Mm -hmm. and then Mariah, and then the Almost, and we can kind of look at Christmas music that way through the ages. I love that. Yeah, that is, that is one of the things I liked about all of our picks, how it kind of worked out that we have, you know, one that's a very classic. I mean, obviously people have been singing Christmas songs long before Judy Garland, but I think as far as recordings of Christmas songs go, which is obviously what we're going to be the most familiar with, I think that I really liked how we have something that's like really classically essentially Christmas in that way and then we move mm -hmm. into something you know Mariah Carey that song came out in 1994 so while it is kind of on the newer wave and it's I I would I would say kind of when Christmas became pop music almost yeah. um yeah. and when Christmas kind of moved away from being just more religious songs like a lot of them were and more kind of classic traditionals and then we obviously have Jen's version which is a lot more modern it, it's kind of using a genre that already exists to sing songs about Christmas and to take songs that are different in you know context. And I, I really like that we have something that kind of moves you through all of the different time periods of Christmas music. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> so that's great. I'm glad that we're starting and going chronologically because that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I personally, I mean, I love old Christmas music. So this is just such a classic song to me, but I would love to hear your first impressions of listening to this song the first time after I gave it to you. So I actually decided to just go straight to the music video when I listened to this. Um, I, again, I'd heard it before, of course, I, I listened to a lot of Christmas music. Um, and I thought that it was really it, I mean, it's just, it's a really beautiful piece. I think that's it's the only way to describe it. Judy Garland's voice obviously is, is so recognizable. It's so clearly her. And I guess 
especially being, you know, the age we are, I feel like we glamorize that age and like all of those old Hollywood stars in such a way that there's, there is like, I mean, look at the way, you know, you're dressed right now, Emily, you look amazing. And there's, there's such a glamour to everything about that, that I really enjoyed. Um, and I think the music video was very interesting because again, not being familiar with the movie, um, I, I watch it and it, it's, it's a comforting song in the music video and that scene from the film, but it also has a sadness to it. And I thought that was really, really interesting because I had never, you know, when you listen to the song, it, it almost, it gets you excited to be home for Christmas. It gets you excited about all of those traditions. But I think that one of the things that almost gets forgotten a lot of times is if only in my dreams, that lyric of maybe I won't necessarily physically be there. And I think this year in particular, you know, that's going to resonate with a lot of people who aren't able to spend the holidays how they normally would. But I, I think it was really interesting to hear just kind of that sadness in it that I don't think I would have heard without seeing that visual aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. There is this sadness to the song. And I think you know, what's really interesting. So just to give some background of this song. So it was written in 1943 by two men. And then Judy Garland was the first to introduce it in 1944 in the film, Meet Me in St. Louis. And in the forties, there was a war going on. So it's definitely reminiscent when you think about, you know, people not having their, their family around because everybody's off fighting a war. It kind of captures that feeling of, you know, wishing everybody was around when they're not maybe. And there's this happiness to Christmas, but I've also always kind of had this like feeling or undertone of sadness. Maybe that's because it was like going to be over or something. I don't know, <laughs> but I've always, there's always some sort of like bitter sweetness to it that I really love um, about Christmas. But I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but there's like this great magical feeling but then to me there's just like always some sort of sadness inside of me I agree I agree and that's like very common for a lot of people to even outright just feel so off around the holidays for no reason but I agree with you in the way that I absolutely recognize the magic and the excitement and I do catch myself kind of like feeling like uneasy about something or I'm like I'm not as happy as I should be for like a second like I kind of like like I slip out of it for a minute mm -hmm. and I guess this is just one of those moments captured in song form that it's mm -hmm. you know it's kind of touching on that but it's a lot sadder than I had previously realized mm -hmm. I mean there's a line so I pulled the line um where is it? Um, next year, all our troubles will be far away. Yeah. Like it's, and it's funny because I don't know if it's because, or it's just like, because I'm diving into the song in 2020 and we're facing that, that same, like Christmas isn't going to be as special as it could be that they were in the forties because you had soldiers overseas that weren't going to be coming home. You had, you know, soldiers that had passed away you had families going through that turmoil. There was a lot going on during that, that time um, mm -hmm. globally. And we're kind of in a very similar situation. Um, so it's it's just that much more melancholy. Yeah. Yeah. That's I I didn't really realize whenever I hear this 
whenever I heard this song before, which my story about this song is obviously like I had heard it before, but there's this movie that I watch every Christmas called The Family Stone, which if you haven't watched it, it's super good. Um, it has Sarah Jessica Parker in it and Diane Keaton and anything that Diane Keaton is in is clearly going to, it's guaranteed to be good. Um, but this, there's a scene in that movie where one of the daughters is talking to her husband on the phone and her husband is is at war and is not coming home for Christmas. And then she like gets off the phone and she's like clearly sad. And then she's watching meet me in St. Louis on the TV. And she turns up the volume when Judy Garland starts to sing the song and not really even connecting the fact that the song was written in the forties and connecting the song to that scene in that movie and how her husband was at war. I was like writing all of this and I was like, Oh my God, there's like even deeper connections than I thought. But in that movie, because it like is just such a moving, moving movie to me, is really where like that song stuck out in my and really became a part of my like collection of revolving Christmas music during the holiday. Um, so that's kind of how I discovered it. Um, and I forgot what my original point was, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's at least how you know how it came into my rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Judy has such a sadness and such a wisdom in her voice anyway. And I think, you know, even when we saw her in The Wizard of Oz, when she was so, so young, she just has this, this wisdom, this like palpable, like old soulness to her that Mm -hmm. it is quite interesting that she's singing the song. I mean, in the scene of the movie, she's actually, she's crying. And so is the little girl she's singing to, you know, it's a very solemn moment. Um, and I was reading that when they wrote this song, the original draft was actually too depressing. Mm. Judy Garland and her, her co-star and the director like read the song and they were like, oh my God, no. So <laughs> the song was like cleaned up a little bit because it was too sad. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. When I first heard the song, like I'd listened to it independently from hearing it in the movie after like recognizing that it was a beautiful song. Every time I listened to it, I kind of imagine like seeing a family in their house, like celebrating Christmas, but like from outside, like looking through the window, these like frosted window panes, like that's what I always imagine. And then when I like listened to it and did a, did a deeper dive into like when the song was written and kind of thought more about like what it meant. I was like, oh, this is, this is like so much more and it's actually kind of sad. And then it made me think so much to your point, Jen, about like what we're all going through right now and how Christmas is going to look a little bit different for all of us. And I pulled the line of Faithful friends who were dear to us will be near to us once more. Someday soon we'll all be together if the fates allow. And it's like sad because, and it made me think about how we spend every Christmas Eve together. And like, it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. And then I was kind of sad. (laughs) It's weird. The whole thing is like, it's coming and we're all going to have to just go through that. And yeah, it's going to just look a lot more and a lot more low-key and solo and it's just so funny how something written in 1943 
can just like hold so strong to what is Mm -hmm. happening almost a hundred years later. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the song is like saying to me now, like to us now, like, you know, we might not be together this year, but like, here's a lovely little Christmas card to anyone not be able to, not being able to celebrate Christmas with family this year. Definitely. I feel like this song is. I, I think one of the things about it is obviously it's sad, but I feel like there's such a hope to it. And mm-hmm. I think that's really beautiful. I mean, the again, I, I, the past couple of years, starting last year, I've been kind of theming my 25 days outfits. And this year's theme is literally home for the holidays. That's what the theme is about. And I think I think it's part of that because it, you know, obviously it's a bit of a play on words because everyone is stuck at home for the holidays. But at the same time, it's, it's maybe dreaming of a home that you might want to be at. It's dreaming and wanting to kind of feel at home. And I think yeah. that it is, it is very hopeful in a lot of ways because it's saying maybe we don't have that now, but someday we will. Someday we'll mm-hmm. be back at that place. And I, I think that's part of the beauty of the song to me, just the hopefulness that it has. Yeah. 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 I agree. Also, Judy Garland is a babe. Oh yeah. Just like beauty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's like so beautiful. 1940s glamour. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. I was like, oh my God. I wish I looked like that. I mean, you kind of do right now. (laughs) (laughs) That was the goal. (laughs) And she burns Yes, so, that's true. There's a lot of magic, like just in her. Yes. Yeah, she's wearing these pearls in the movie. And I was like looking, I was just like looking at pictures um, to inspire my outfit today. And I was like, oh my God, I have pearls just like that. And then I felt, you know, inspired. But yeah, those are kind of my thoughts about the song. Yeah. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it as much as I do. I loved being able to take a closer look. Yeah. And cool to find out that it was actually her original. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Because Frank Sinatra recorded it a little bit later. And I feel like everyone accredited it to him. And it's not, it's not his, it's hers. Right. Yeah. Of course, a man would try to steal it from her. Well, that's the interesting part is I have definitely heard more male centric covers of that song. And, you know, looking at the song and posing a male voice with it and just thinking about like society back then and even society now it's like oh yeah okay so the patriarch is telling you it's going to be okay and blah 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 but really this was coming from like a very female centric viewpoint Mm -hmm. I mean written by men but sung by a female for the first time she she made it what it is yeah Yeah. and I mean to be, I mean, it only makes sense for a woman to be singing that song in the forties when all the men were off to war. Like why, why would a man sing that song when it's supposed to be about like, about that and during that era? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to talk about Mariah. Oh, I always always want to talk about Mariah. (laughs) Okay. So I, have this album on vinyl, Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas. Um, Just as a little bit of an interesting background, I guess, before we really get into the song, one of the things I love about this album is that when this album came out, it was an interesting time for it because Mariah was what was then considered the peak of her career. We've obviously seen by this point that Mariah Carey's career doesn't peak and she just keeps going up because that's who she is. But 
at the time and even now a Christmas album isn't really something that people make when they're at the height of their career. I feel like sure. a Christmas album is kind of like, oh, you know, maybe things aren't as popular as they used to be. Let's knock out one of these. It's going to sell before, you know, anything comes out. So it was in a way almost a risk for her to come out with a Christmas album this early because people, there was always the risk of people saying like, oh, well, it's coming out with a Christmas album. We know this one's on the way out. And again, we've seen in the decade since that that's not true with this one. Um, but you know, this has gone on to be the album that has her song. This is her number one most popular song worldwide. And yep. that's incredible. So I want honest opinions from the two of you because I know that I am not necessarily in the majority for genuinely liking this song. I know there is a lot of people out there who do not like this song because it's overplayed, which is debatable because, you know, it, it just is what it is. So honest opinion. Do the two of you actually like this song? I do. Jen. <laughs> okay, it's not debatable that it's overplayed. It is overplayed. It's played everywhere, all the time. Everywhere, all the time. But it is pretty incredible that this is like her song. You know, this is a song she wrote. She's kind of carried this whole legacy. Like, I do think generally this like the song is a great sentiment i mean it's a love song it's a fun love song like it, it's a it is a great like it's got great down to its bones she just annoys me but that's not your fault <laughs> well but she she annoys me too i get that <laughs> she knows how to get a fucking check though so yeah I'll give her that. Um, no, it's fine. I feel like there are Christmas songs that I definitely hate more. Like there are oh, yeah. songs that I just won't even listen to. And I'll listen to that once in a while. Um, I love all the covers that have come off of it. I think it's so fun to see how different people have um, reinvigorated it. I mean, like we have pop stars. We have My Chemical Romance. I did a cover of it. I'm waiting on the State Chance cover to drop. Like, <laughs> this song transcends and everyone knows it. So that's kind of the fun part is like, you hear the little jingle bells and the first couple like piano notes and it's like, you know what it is. Um, so I think it took me to go back and watch the first video and think about like the actual writing of the song to appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. Because in that first video, it's much more, it's just like, it's less, does it mean if I say fake and glamorized? <laughs> um, <laughs> she's, she's just got like these like little braids that she would never have now. It's, it's just such a different person in that song. Like the whole like point of view of how the camera's shooting her. It it's seems like a like home video. Her. Home video. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it's so like, it's, it's just more fun in that. Um, and then we can talk about the other videos um one of them I liked and one of them I did not um but I mean overall it's a classic Christmas song I don't hate it <laughs> so for anyone listening or watching um there are five official versions of There's this five? music video five did oh, I say God. is it four or five there's so there were two over three of them Okay, so there were two original music videos made for this. There's the one that's kind of the most popular of the OG videos, and it's filmed, like Emily was saying, all like home video style. It's got Mariah at her house opening presents and kind of prancing around in the snow with Santa. And, um, you know, it, it's just 
cute and wholesome and fun. And then there's another original version that it's known as the black and white version because the whole filming is in black and white. And that recording of it was very much kind of inspired by like the Ronettes and their classic Christmas music. It's just got Mariah singing. It's got the background singers, some background dancers. It's kind of filmed on that kind of a screen. Um, and it's, it's a fun, I mean, it's a fun music video. It's, it's not much of a story exactly. It's more just like the performance of the song. Um, so we have those two of the original ones. And then there's also in modern day, um, we have another version. So when Justin Bieber came out with his Christmas album, he actually sang a duet version of All I Want For Christmas Is You with Mariah Carey, um, which is known as the super festive version. And that one has its own music video. And then there's also a more modern one that came out, I believe it was last year. It wasn't this yeah. year. Um, it was last year. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's with the super festive version, which is the one on Mariah Carey's second Christmas album. And it kind of tells just like a cute story of a kid in a Christmas store and Mariah's in this display and it kind of gets all magical. And then the final version of this music video is they took some unused scenes from the original um, music video recording and kind of made a new version of it with that. So there are five official music videos for this wow. song featuring Mariah Carey. So there's a lot to talk about here. <laughs> Holy so I want to crap. Back to 2019 music video because mm -hmm. it is not called the Super Christmas version music video. It is called the Make My Wish Come True edition. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to throw up. <laughs> I loved it. Oh Did my God. The, like it? It's the so star cool. of the video is that little girl. Oh no, no, God. no. That was cute. Through a child's eyes. It was cute. I it will was, say, go ahead. It was a lot. It was a lot. I will say the only thing that really annoys me in that music video is I feel like Mariah, she has, she's like over performing at this point. I think she's just yeah. totally over performing. And you, if you've seen like any of her recent live stuff, you know, it's a train wreck. Like She's just like not into it anymore. I just don't feel like she's into it anymore. And in this music video, it's apparent that she is not into it. Like she's literally just doing this the whole time. <laughs> That's it. That's all she does. She barely moves. Barely moves. Barely does anything. But like, obviously we know that she can actually sing. Also the outfits were beautiful. Yes. And the other people dancing were really cool. Mm -hmm. And when that little girl, the star of the music video danced, I was like, oh my God. And was Mariah, Mariah Carey's twin kids are in it too. Oh. Yeah. yeah so they're anyway. The, they're two of the backup dancers when the little girl is dancing. Yeah. Do you know who made this music video? No. Joseph Kahn made this music video and everyone would know him best as many of the Taylor Swift videos. Mm. So that's okay. the production value is like very understandable when you kind of put him into the mix. Um, also this whole other like world that he's built, like he's definitely a world builder and this is absolutely a world build. You see the little girl kind of like see the, the storefront come to life and she literally steps into the storefront and it's, you know, what she ends up stepping into isn't even the store. It's not like inside of a Macy's. It's totally the inside of her imagination. Oh yeah. She stepped into like a Mariah Carey, sexy Christmas. <laughs> I, I'm like, this is totally inappropriate for this child, but I'm going with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, like, is this 
wholehearted family or is this Mariah Carey Sexy Christmas? Right. If you want, if you want Mariah Carey Sexy Christmas, watch the Justin Bieber version. That one is like the ultimate of those. Um, but mm-hmm. I think I think one of the things that I do like about it is like, again, this song is like kind of seen almost as like quintessentially Christmas in the modern time. And I think that another thing that is very quintessentially Christmas is like you're in the city and you go just to look at those big elaborate Christmas storefronts. And, you know, they might not even necessarily show any products that these stores are selling, but they're just these gorgeous Christmas scenes. And I think the idea of like this song goes so hand in hand with that idea. And I think that everyone's Mm -hmm. always looked at those and just thought, wow, I would love to step into that world I would love to just kind of become a part of that and I I think it's interesting how in the first you know the bigger first video it's kind of seeing just Mariah's home life in a way obviously she's also just frolicking around in the snow and Santa is there but I I think it kind of goes from like a you know the kind of more humble beginnings not that humble is ever a word you can use to describe Mariah Carey that's humble for her though that again, it's, it's, it's almost her humble beginnings to kind of more of what she's become now, which I think is very interesting because everything with her now is a production. I mean, mm-hmm. she, to me, Mariah Carey is like the word diva personified. She, oh, for sure. That, she has yeah. the talent to back it up. And I think that that's what even pushes her into that diva status more because if she was, you know, being the person that she is without the talent, then I don't know if people would really take her seriously, but I think she's able to get away with and do the things that she does because she does have the talent. She does have the range. And again, I mean, this song is something that she wrote herself. I think that's one of the things that's interesting. A lot of Christmas songs, it's so, you know, a lot of them do have authors, but especially a lot of the more traditional ones, they don't really have a set author. They've just been kind of been things that have come up through the years. And I, I think this was, there have been more modern original Christmas songs that have come out, I would say in the last couple of decades for sure. But this, I think, was kind of the first big Christmas song to really happen, at least in our lifetimes, for sure. I think there was kind of like the big boom of it in like the 40s and 50s um, when kind of like the Coca-Cola Santa became popularized. But I, I think this song was kind of the first big modern Christmas song to be an original. And I, I think that's one of the things that I love about it, too. Well, the New York Times said that when this is when this came out in 1994, they called it one of the few worthy modern additions to holiday canon. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's so exactly true. how I describe it. Yeah. And I say all these things about the video, but in reality, if she did something low key or if she did something different, it wouldn't be her. Like, I'm just ragging on her because it's her. This is exactly what I'd expect from someone with a bathtub full of diamonds or like, her wild 13 floor apartment, you know, all of her crazy stuff. Of course, it's going to look like a Macy's commercial because that's exactly what they're aiming for. Um, Cause she is commercial Christmas. Yeah, I agree. But every time I hear the song, I do always think of that like YouTube video where they took the music away from her live performance. And all you <laughs> could hear was her like, just really struggling. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think she's performing on like in like New York somewhere during Christmas. So it's probably freezing cold. It was New Year's and she was Oh, like, was it? Bring me my tea or something ridiculous. Oh, no. Okay. Not so that one is there a different one? Yes, there is. There's a few, but I know what you're talking about. I've okay. I watched that happen like 
that New Year's. I know exactly where it was terrible, but go on YouTube, do yourself a favor. I will, I'll just send it to you, but I do always think about that and laugh, which is fine. (laughs) Every time I hear this song, I'm like, oh man, that terrible rendition of her, like out of breath and forgetting the words, (laughs) but it's fine. It's okay. It makes me think of retail horror though. Like I just like, yeah, I can enjoy it, but like, I will not lie to you. If that song catches me off guard, I'm like, oh God. And I just think of my like holiday seasons in various stores doing crazy things to try to make it work. Um, So to me, she's commercial Christmas, which is fine, but. And I I definitely understand that, but I think that and I, I, again, I am aware from talking to past coworkers in retail jobs that I'm in the minority, but I absolutely loved that there was always Christmas music playing at the store I used to work during the month of December because it's such a busy month. It's such a hectic and chaotic month. And I think just having that in the background for me, it just put me in that, you know, that happy little cheerful spirit. Like, oh yeah, you know, there's been a line out the door since we opened and it's 20 degrees out and everything is freezing and we're out of everything that we need and everything is just chaos. But at the same time, it's Christmas. People are excited and happy. And so many people are, you know, coming in and buying things for loved ones. And I think obviously there is a lot to critique about the commercialism of Christmas. And that's something that, you know, I try to show in a lot of ways, like you don't have to do the commercialism to love Christmas. Obviously I buy Christmas things, but I I think the most important thing is just showing the people around you that you care. And I think that in some ways buying meaningful gifts and doing meaningful things for people that you love is such an important part of Christmas. And as a marketing major in college, I mean, you know, you can't not capitalize on that. Unfortunately, in the system that we exist in, that's going to happen. And I, I think there is a lot of bad to say about the commercialization of Christmas, but At the same time, I don't think, for me, obviously, that doesn't take away from, I think, the special aspect of it. You can make it fun. I also want to preface that Ashley and I worked at the store she's talking about. And yeah, while we'd be like slammed, she'd be on the floor, like dressed as an elf, actually dressed as an elf, like attending to customers. And I'd be in the walk-in fridge crying. So that song does different things to different people. But, you know. (laughs) Oh, my God. People loved it though. And you're wearing an outfit that has jingle bells on it. No one can be mad that you're out of what they're looking for. So no, no, no. They loved it. They thought you were such a novelty. It it, it worked. And it was even better when you were a leader in that store. Um, it worked. All I'm saying is the sound there was there were some different things that that sound was soundtracking sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But it wouldn't be Christmas without it. Mm-hmm. No, and I think I think that's a good point too. The fact that to a lot of people, it really starts to feel like the holiday season when you hear it unexpected. Mm-hmm. There's I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's similar to like the last Christmas song. Um, there's kind of a group of people where they try to avoid hearing the song as long as possible. But it's and maybe it's different this year for obvious reasons. But it's almost impossible to go the entire month of December without hearing this song, even if you're not like me and seeking out to listen to it you're going to hear it in a store. You're going to hear it because your neighbors are playing it. You know, it's, it's going to be something that comes on. And I I think that even if you're not someone that seeks out Christmas music, it almost, even if you don't like the song, even if you don't like her, when you first hear that for the year, you're kind of like, oh, it's Christmas time. 
And I think that's something that's really special and cool about it as well. Because like you were saying earlier, Jen, it is so noticeable. You don't not notice this song when it's on, even from the very beginning of those kind of like dingling sounds, you know what's about to happen. And I think that even if you dislike it, it kind of just puts you a little bit in that Christmassy mood. But you hear it and you're like, she found me. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't escape. <laughs> oh, see, I hear it and I'm thrilled. So again, we are slightly different people. But <sighs> I, I'm like not surprised at all that this was the song that you chose. No, so. I didn't think anyone would be. And I really wanted to just make Jen have to talk about it for more than two seconds. <laughs> so. It was kind of fun though to sit down and actually look at the lyrics, look at the video, make myself critically think about the song. And like Mm -hmm. Emma said at the beginning of this show, like this is what has been such a joy about doing this project is it's forced us both. It's forced us. Let me say this again. It's forced us to look at different things we normally wouldn't. Um, And it is kind of fun to find the, like the soul and some things like to watch her first original video and think about her, like just wearing handmade, like hand, her own hands probably braided her hair. Like those little braids, I just couldn't get over that. Like, it's just <laughs> not something to see now. Like she would never yeah. do that, but yeah. she's just like such a different person. And I did enjoy stepping back, seeing that and thinking about the evolution of her career and who she is as a performer, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Also that like red snowsuit to die for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the other thing I was thinking too, I was like, is she writing this song about being in love with Santa? Because Santa like her ex-husband. Santa is her ex-husband in the video. So that's a thing that I is- mean they I would like to point out that it was not her ex-husband at the time. <laughs> No, right. but now we're together at the time. But so many other videos because she's trying to erase that first video. Sure, that makes sense. But I yeah, had no that idea. Was, that was her ex-husband, or that was her husband at the time. So knowing that, I kind of watched the video and was like, okay, you're seeing Santa, and sometimes, but the times where you're seeing it just like camera on her, it's like, haha, Santa is like, you know, Santa's filming her me, right? He's filming you. Yeah, take that as how you want to. Right. It's almost like she's saying like, I'm not going to ask. She's like, I'm not asking for anything this Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you, Santa. Yeah, exactly. Just like it. I mean, he's a nice, generous guy. You could do a lot worse. (laughs) Probably has a lot of money with all those toys that he's going to be giving away to kids. (laughs) Well, Little Drummer Boy by The Almost was so good. Do you guys know who he is? I want to I want to start there. Do you know who this is? The Almost? Mhm. Yeah. The lead like the singer and the guy kind of behind it all. Do you know where he comes from? No. So this is the drummer of Under Oath. Oh. I did know so, this and I only knew this because I know you. Mhm. So oh. You have- other side if you look at the song with that knowledge it's even crazier okay so tell me tell me about this 
backstory. Give me more. So um, Under Oath was a thing for a while and about 2007, he kind of split off and started doing the almost as a side project while Under Oath was still happening. Uh, but this is, so it's, a, it's um, a man named Aaron Gillespie and he's a drummer, he's a vocalist, he's a guitarist, and he is um, someone that's very open about his Christian faith. So the almost kind of presented us with a lot more um, Christianity derived lyrics mixed in, uh, still kind of a, like it was very open to everyone and it was still this like harder rock. So it, it, we weren't like, you know, hilltop gospel at this point this will come later. Um, but he was kind of in this space where he could explore that side of his personal belief. Um, so it's just like so cool for me to see that he has covered the song because it's so close to his heart in that way. You know what I mean? Mm. That's so interesting. Very Christian song by this pretty Christian artist done in a very unorthodox Christian way. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you if you knew, cause just watching the video, which I was totally not what I was expecting at all going in, um, turned out to be so beautiful and amazing. I was like thinking what I got from that music video was that he um, very much felt like all he has to give to this world is his musical ability. Yeah. And the king being God, like his work here on earth is to create music for people. And that's a really powerful message. And I for sure felt that way, like listening to the song and then even more so watching the video, which is really cool. I loved this song. I'm so glad that you chose the song. Now, this song is on my best Christmas music of all time playlist on my phone. It's on mine too. It, <laughs> if a song could reach in and like hold my heart, this is one of those songs. Because mm -hmm. I think his voice, so much of his soul comes out in his voice. And we've talked about it on a past episode, but like this is just like my weird penchant for Christian rock music. He is one of these people that does it so well. Yeah. I, I just like, I really feel very spiritual when I mm -hmm. listen to him sing about his spirituality. And I think it comes through a lot in the song because it is kind of like this recognized Christian song. Um, but there's something about the sound of his voice that just carries that so well. Yep. Definitely. I really also loved that they featured drums so much in this song. Everything mm -hmm. else is very quiet. It's just him and like there's guitar and the drums. It was very powerful. It was really good. Yeah. And I think one of the things now that I'm thinking about all three songs together again, I think I like that we have Emily, your song choice was kind of like a classic Christmas song, but it was very much a secular song. My song choice was, you know, it was nineties and it is like you said, very commercial. And then Jen, we have your song, which is very modern and it, it gets back into the kind of like the Christian roots of 
Christmas, which obviously are, you know, pretty, pretty strong there, even if, you know, you're not, even if you're not necessarily religious and are a Christmas person like I am, you know, you can't deny that that's obviously very huge and important part of Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the whole story of that happening. And I, I liked, I, I like how it is a modern take on that. And I like, you know, the story itself. I don't know. Have either of you seen the it's like a, it's one of the stop motion. I don't know if it's one of the yeah. cremation ones, but the old, little drummer toy old. movie, old, old, old. And, you know, so you always kind of think, oh, not that the song itself doesn't tell the story because it, it does, but, you know, I always kind of go back to that whenever I hear this song in any of the million different covers that I've heard from it. But I, I do agree with you, Jen, in that I think this one, it makes it feel a lot more accessible. It makes it feel just a lot a lot more modern and I, I do really like I got the same takeaway about how it feels like this my music is what I have to give to the world to give to God and I, I think that's a really really beautiful way to think about it yeah yeah I agree um and it just strips <clears throat> it back and I really I think that's what I respect most about this this is like no frills there's a little bit you know his voice is pretty like even and soft throughout it but you do get a little bit of it later on where he he kind of like gives that, I, I don't want to say bellow, but he like raises his voice and there's a little bit of a strength in it, a little bit of an edge there, but it's still so like, it's it's just a very primal, simplified song. And I, I think that was the magic of it. I that's so I wrote the best part of the song is when he yells me and my drum at the end yes it's so it gave me goosebumps like you know a song is good and a song hits you somewhere like deep inside of your soul when your hairs stand up and when you get goosebumps like that happened and I was like oh shit also this is a song that like comes on on the radio and I just fucking skip it like if it's a drummer boy I'm like <laughs> fuck this song it's so fucking boring <laughs> But this was so good. I was like, ah, this is what should play on every radio station. People would appreciate the song a lot more. They would. It's pretty sad that it's hidden. I mean, this was on an EP, but it, it came out in 2008, I believe, because I remember getting it. Um, and I remember just like, for some of my viewers that know what I mean, um, I remember listening to this in the Christmas season of 2008, driving down River Road in New Boston with it just like snowing, 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 and there's just trees everywhere. And you're just like on your way to like Christmas. And it's just like, oh my God, Christmas afternoon. And that's what that song is. It's just like New England Christmas, just sung by a Florida native (laughs) Christian (laughs) rocker. Um, the EP is called No Gift Left to uh, No Gift to Bring, and it it's just kind of some other acoustic stuff that the almost has done, but he did this cover, um, and it's just uh, such a masterpiece. Truly, mm-hmm. I think is my favorite Christmas cover. Like if I had to choose one Christmas song to only subside on for the rest of my life, I think it's this one because mm-hmm. it's just so magical. It is. Yeah, and I think magical. I think like Emily was saying, it does. I think it does a lot more as a cover than a lot. I mean, there are you know, I would say most Christmas music is not originals. Most Christmas music is a song that you could pick the song and you can find twenty five artists that have popular versions of that song. And 
I think that, you know, obviously some are better than others, but I think a lot of them almost are boring. I think a lot of the versions of the songs, they don't really do anything new with it. They don't really make it their own. And There's sometimes heart behind it. Yeah. Or people do try to make it their own and it's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. that doesn't go well. But I, I think one of the things that I liked about this, because I, I, I mean, I don't skip Christmas songs. I just let them play. There's my least favorite Christmas song is called Dominic, the Italian Christmas donkey, which oh, literally I, involves yeah. like donkey sounds in this. It's horrible. Um, and I don't even skip that. I just go for it and listen to it because I'm like, well, I hate this, is, that song. this is my Christmas music station and I'm sticking to it. And so I do hear, you know, the more classical versions of Little Drummer Boy quite a bit. But I think this, obviously it's the same song, but it feels different in a way that a lot of Christmas covers don't sound and feel different from each other. And I think that's one mm-hmm. of the things that I do really appreciate this. And I, I think that's one of the things that I always like about the Christmas music that you play for me, Jen, because like you were saying, you have an entire playlist of pop punk Christmas. And because it's set in that genre, which musically sounds so different from most Christmas music, I I think that, and again, some songs do work better than others, but I, I think that it's, it's almost like this version brought so much more life into the song that it had yes. kind of been, it, it had kind of been like just trucking along, like, oh, I'm little drummer boy. I'm just doing my thing. I'm existing. You might watch the claymation show when you're a kid and then never really think about it again. Like Emily said, it's a song that you skip. It's not a song that's exciting, but this cover of it, it makes it feel alive. It makes it feel like something that you would want to have as part of your Christmas rotation. And I loved that about it. Mm. And I think that was the cool part about the video is you have these light and dark spots and it does signify visually bringing life to something. You know, you kind of see him in this really dim light and then you see him with all of these um, string lights around him and, you know, you see him in this dim light and then you see him lit up and you can catch glimpses. If you look at his face, he is like vaguely smiling through it. And the like the very last time you see his face, he sings like his last um, line and he he gives this like this little just like smile. And I think to speak to your point, M, it's almost like. He, it's like he's expressed that feeling of like, and this is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my purpose. Yeah. And I love that in the beginning, so that the little boy in the video too, same thing, like he's pretty solemn and sad. And then toward, at the end, he's beaming. And I literally was like welling up with tears because I was like, oh my God, this, he's like, he's him and it's drum, you know, like that's all he has. <laughs> And was uh, that as a kid? Like, is that supposed to be this character as a kid looking back? Because I was wondering that too. Yeah, I definitely see it as that. I kind of see it as like, you're you're young and you have like no idea what you're going to give to the world, you know? And you feel, especially if he grew up Christian and was kind of expected to find this purpose, right? That's like very much a part of Christianity is what's your purpose being here on earth. And I'm sure that being a musician probably wasn't all that popular, especially for somebody who is interested in a heavier, yeah, in a heavier (laughs) genre of music. Um, But to really own that part of yourself and be like, no, like this is who I am and what I'm going to do for people. And music is such a spiritual and religious thing for a lot of people. It's It's an experience. So yeah, I think so. I think to answer your question, yes. 
But I think at the same time, it could also apply to anyone who's watching this video and thinking like, oh, it's just me and my drum over here, not really doing much. And it's, it shows you like, no, you have so much you can give to the world and you have mm. so much, like all you need is you and your drum. You don't even need your drum. All you really need is you and you have so much to give. And I think that it's, it's, it's a very, I feel like it, it feels like a very Christmas message in the way that mm. it's kind of the opposite of the commercialism of Christmas. Because again, like, you know, people buy a lot of Christmas presents, but I think the most important thing, the reason we give presents isn't to give you something nice. It's to show you that I care about you. Right. And it's I think, impossible. yeah. And I think that's one of the things that this song and the music video in particular gets across really well. Like your music in this, it's, it's what you're giving to the world. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas from Ashley. <laughs> so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Christmas is beautiful and everything's merry and I just love it. <laughs> love it. Thank you for spreading your Christmas cheer with us. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you both for going on these journeys together. I think that is pretty incredible that, you know, we were able to dip into a a yesteryear that is not too different from this year, a commercialization, but like pop fun of what we've made Christmas now. And then like a throwback, but a remembrance of, you know, that, that spirituality. So I, I am just so, um, I'm just so blown away by our, our range. So good job guys. Kudos to us. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll have to do this again but we'll have to do like a full album. Ashley will have to be a guest at some point. I would love that. Yeah, let me know. That'd be awesome. I'll make you guys listen to Wizard Rock, so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you for listening to Let's Talk Records. Music and editing is done by Emily McLeod and artwork and graphics are done by Jen Evans. You can follow us on social media at Let's Talk Records. And if you want to talk records, email us, letstalkrecords at gmail.com.